don't take no mess at the rose garden. Jesus, they're on fire. They're what we desire. The men in black can handle it. Other teams can scrabble it. How they win that game today. There's just one thing you can say. How does somebody shoot that three? Believe me, it ain't easy. Welcome back to the Rose Garden Report podcast. I'm Sean Hyken, the author of the Rose Garden Report newsletter, which you can subscribe to at rosegardenreport.com. Free and paid subscriptions are available. Uh, the podcast, as always, is a part of the Odyssey family, so you can get us on the Odyssey app, as well as Apple, Spotify, YouTube, as as always, all the usual places you get podcasts. This episode today, there won't be a video component or a YouTube component just because I'm on the road. I'm in Santa Barbara. I don't have my usual camera set up. I don't have my producer with me. So I'm just, there, there's not going to be a video for this one. But I just figured since, you know, it's been a week since the Damian Lillard trade. The last episode that we did was with Eric. And we were reacting to the trade the day that it happened. So I haven't talked about the Drew Holiday aspect of it i haven't talked about anything since media day and since the start of training camp like i said i'm in santa barbara right now i've been covering practices here on the ucsb campus for the last two days media day was on monday so i just figured i'd come on and give you guys some thoughts about just everything that's happened since the last time we recorded so the last time we recorded was the day of the damian lillard trade and a few days before the drew holiday end of it which for those of you who don't you know, who needs some reminding, which is probably not most of you, the Drew Holiday end of the deal uh, came out to trading Drew Holiday to Boston for Malcolm Brogdon, Robert Williams III, and two first-round picks, one from the Warriors this coming year in 24 and one from the Celtics in 2029. The day after the Dame trade actually went through, there were a couple of, or in in the couple of days after the trade, there were a couple of I guess we'll call them dueling versions of the behind the scenes of what happened from different reporters who maybe have different, you know, are plugged in with different sides of the situation. There was a Chris Haynes story on uh, Bleacher Report that went out that had a new interview with Damian Lillard that talked about how Joe Cronin basically didn't communicate with him all summer and that at one point, you know, at the beginning of September... Dame said to Joe that if he couldn't get traded to Miami, which is where he wanted to go, he would be, he would rather come back and rescind the trade request and, you know, be in camp at least to start the year. And that Joe Cronin said that that was maybe not something he thought was a good idea. Then, you know, a couple of days later, there was a story from Woj at ESPN, which obviously I, th- I, th- I think it's not hard to put two and two together that he's a little bit more tapped in with the Blazers front office side of things than maybe with the Dame side of things, which is what the Chris Haynes one was. And that just kind of went it through like a blow by blow behind the scenes of the trade negotiations and all of that. I mean, if, if you go on this, on the site, I've written again, rosegardenreport.com. If you're a paid subscriber, I wrote something the day after the Chris Haynes story went out about just the way that I think both Dame and Joe, as somebody who knows both of them quite well and has relationships with both of them and, that you know and you know likes both of them very much personally and has a lot of professional respect for both of them i think there are things about the situation that both of them could have handled differently and i thought on media day joe handled that stuff about as well as he could have where you know he talked about how when dame said he wanted to come back that was not i want to come back permanently and just be happy being on a rebuilding team he was saying i would be willing to come back for training camp 
to give you guys more team time to work on a deal with Miami. And, you know, that I think Joe just decided, like, I'd rather not have that hanging over the team, you know, during camp and going into the season. And, you know, the deal that he ended up getting, I think most people now that both sides of it have kind of come through with, the, you know, the Milwaukee side of it and the Boston side of it, I think it's pretty clear that that was a better deal than what they were going to get from Miami anyway, even if it was the all-in version of it, which I don't believe was ever offered. So, I don't know. I, honestly, on media day, there really was not that much time spent on the Dame trade and about the fallout. Obviously, there was a lot of, you know, Dame, Joe and Chauncey both, you know, thanking Dame for everything he did in Portland. And, you know, there were some questions that were asked about the handling of the trade negotiations and all of that stuff. It's all out there. It's not, I don't, I don't think a lot of that is really worth dwelling on. Well, I think, I think we all will have a lot more time and a lot more, you know, of a reason to reflect back on the Damian Lillard era and all of, you know, the stuff that came with it and the way it ended and all that on January 31st, when he comes back to play the Blazers for the first time as a visiting player with the Bucks, which by the way, that game just got picked up by ESPN. So that game's going to be on national TV. So, that's kind of where all of that sits to you know to get all that out of the way. Most of media day was really just about looking forward and the new guys and in particular I think people are really really excited about Scoot Henderson and I've been you know talking to different guys on the team about him all week. It was actually you know one of the kind of the funnier moments of the whole media day was you know he sits down he starts answering questions. I mean, the quote of, of his that made headlines when he said was when he said, people want me to be the new Dame, but I'm Scoot Henderson, which, I mean, that's the exact right mentality that, you know, Scoot should have coming into, you know, a situation like this. But I thought the most telling thing, or not, not telling necessarily, but just like the funniest thing was, uh, I think it was Orlando Sanchez, one of the TV guys, asked him what it felt like to put an NBA jersey on for the first time. And Scoot said, you know, I put it on tight because I like my muscles to pop. And it's just like, okay, that's that's... Very, you know, he's a 19-year-old kid. He still kind of has that, like, sense of humor and, you know, contagious personality. And that's kind of what you've heard from him or about him over the first couple of days of camp. Is that, you know, he just has this great personality that guys like being around. I think people are really excited about him. People talk about his speed. People talk about his playmaking. Uh, in less than a week, we're going to actually get to see that on the court for the first time when they play the New Zealand Breakers in their first preseason game, and then the Suns the couple days after that. So we'll actually get to see him in a game. So that's going to be, I think, pretty exciting. And then, so as far as far as the rest of media day, uh, the other new guy that I think there was a lot of attention around was DeAndre Ayton, who obviously, you know, former number one overall pick, had kind of an up and down time in Phoenix you know, was a starter and played very well in that uh, final series against Milwaukee in 2021. But then, you know, things have not gone great for him in Phoenix since then. It gotten the sense he's very excited about the fresh start and the just chance to kind of get away from all that. Chauncey Billups pointed something out that was interesting that I hadn't really thought about before, which is that not only did things go the way for him that they went by the end in Phoenix, but also that he had played in high school in Arizona and in college at Arizona when there were, you know, issues with, like, amateurism and, you know, money under the table and all that kind of stuff that was kind of a cloud over that. So really just the whole thing, it sounds like maybe he just needed to get out of that part of the country entirely and get completely somewhere else. And from what 
Chauncey has been talking about. He's pretty excited to have not only DeAndre Ayton, but also Robert Williams III, who we met today for the first time at training camp because he and Malcolm Brogdon came over and you know were able to get their physicals done. But he's pretty excited about having two 25-year-old athletic big men and the stuff that that's maybe going to be able to open up for him as far as different lineups he can play. I would expect that the opening night starting lineup is going to be Scoot Henderson, Anthony Simons, Matisse Thibel, Jeremy Grant, and DeAndre Ayton. I would expect Robert Williams to come off the bench. I would expect Shaden Sharp to come off the bench. But I do, you know, I I do think there might be some some times where they play Robert Williams and DeAndre Ayton together. And by the way, Robert Williams absolutely delightful. We met him for the first time today and talked to him, and just seems like seems like just a. Uh, you know, I, I, I liked his vibe. I like his kind of just personality, just from what little time we got with him. He's somebody that I'm looking forward to getting to know. And Malcolm Brogdon, we also got to meet today for the first time. And there was some reporting right after the trade, after the Drew Holiday trade on Sunday, that they would look to flip Malcolm Brogdon into a contender for more draft capital. And I think there's a chance that that will happen before the trade deadline. But it really doesn't sound like from anybody's end that that's something that they're in a hurry to do in the next couple of weeks or even before the season starts. It sounds like both Joe Cronin and Chauncey Billups want Malcolm Brogdon to come in and actually be a part of the team. Because if you look at the roster, especially now that Dame has been traded, there are no veterans. They, I mean, like, Anthony Simons is in, going into his sixth year in the league. He's still only 24. Jeremy Grant is kind of the only other vet on the team. And when you have a team with this many young guys, there are four rookies now on the team. And you can't have zero adults on the locker room. And, you know, Chauncey Billups obviously is a highly respected former player that guys on the team look up to. But the coach can't be the only adult in the room. You have to have at least one or two players on the team that have been around the block a little bit and can teach guys some things. And I think at least in the short term, they view Malcolm Brogdon as someone who can fill that role. And we talked to him about it today and he seemed up for it and he seemed ready to embrace that. And, you know, didn't, didn't seem like he was dying to get out and go to a contender. I do think there's a chance that happens eventually, but it seems like at least for right now, that is just kind of, uh, what the plan is. And, you know, we'll see what his minutes look like and what his role looks like, but, that's just kind of you know where where that whole situation is at right now. One thing I I don't think I've I've been covering the NBA for ten or eleven years. I don't think I've ever seen this before, but knocking on all the wood in the world, there are no injuries right now in training camp. Everybody on the roster is hundred percent healthy. Everybody's a full go. There's nothing that you have. I mean, last year there was the Gary Payton uh, core surgery stuff that kind of came up a couple weeks before camp, and then that was a whole thing going into the season. There's none of that right now. Everybody's 100%. Everybody's fully healthy. So far, the vibes at camp have, we haven't, you know, media doesn't get to watch most of practice. We just kind of get let in at the end when maybe some guys are shooting around. But, uh, you know, the vibe seems good. It seems like people are kind of excited about the fresh start as much as obviously it's still kind of bittersweet to not have Dame there. It seems like people are kind of excited that it's something different and it's something new and it's a totally different thing. I have heard good things about Tumani Kamara as far as the rookies besides Scoot go. I've heard that, you know, people, you know, in the organization, not just Chauncey, Chauncey talked about him today, but other folks, you know, in the front office and other folks I've talked to have all said that he has looked really good in camp. And so I'm really interested to see what he looks like if he gets out there in the preseason and, you know, what kind of a role he might have during uh, the season. So that's just one little 
I guess, tidbit to throw out there. Uh, so there are, as, as far as the end of the roster, I guess this is the only other little bit of housekeeping thing, but uh, the morning of media day, they officially signed five uh, camp guys, basically, as you know, to compete for those last couple of roster spots. And those five people were uh, Wap Reith, who was on the Summer League team and then played on the Australian national team this summer in the FIBA World Cup. Kevin Knox, who was on the team last year, came over from Detroit uh, at the trade deadline and is, you know, kind of back on a camp deal. And then uh, the others are Antoine Davis and Malachi Smith and uh, another guy who was on kind of the tank job version of the Blazers last uh, end of the season, which was Justin Minaya. I, From what I've been able to gather, I think it's pretty likely that Moses Brown, who they signed back in the middle of August, makes the team. And just kind of as an insurance big, just because, I mean, I know they have to, they just got two bigs in the Dame trade and DeAndre Ayton and Robert Williams the third, but Robert Williams has had injury issues throughout his career, so you kind of need another body there, and maybe they don't think Ibu Baji is quite ready to actually play yet. So I think it's pretty likely that Moses Brown makes the roster. And then that 14th spot, because remember, the minimum amount of players that you have to have under contract on opening night is 14. I would expect them to only carry 14. I don't think they're going to carry 15. But I've gotten the sense that the 14th spot is kind of between Reith, Knox, and Manaya, depending on who looks best in camp. So that, I think, is something that is worth keeping an eye on. I've heard that Matisse Theibel has had a really good camp. I've heard that Anthony Simons has had a really good camp. And this is going to be a really interesting season for Anthony Simons, kind of going from... You know, last year was his first year as like a full-time starter while also still kind of being the number two guy scoring-wise behind Dame and kind of trying to figure out how to adjust to that role. Now, like, as much as people want to talk about, like, oh, this is Scoot's team now with no Dame, Ant is still the guy as far as I'm concerned, and I think as far as the organization is concerned with, you know, who's going to be the go-to scorer, who's going to be kind of the focal point of the offense. Scoot, you know, as much as everybody's excited about him, you have to remember, Scoot's a kid. Scoot's 19. It's going to take some time for him to get acclimated to the NBA level and really know what he's doing and, you know, get the decision-making part of it up to speed just because whenever a kid comes into the league who's that young, there's going to be something of a learning curve there, even though I think Scoot is more advanced than most 19-year-olds are. So it's going to be a really big season, I think, for Anthony Simons one way or the other. So there's that part of it. We haven't gotten to talk to Jeremy yet at camp. Uh, We haven't gotten to talk to Thibel yet. You know, Jabari Walker, I think, is somebody. He's one of the longer-tenured guys now, which is kind of crazy. But I haven't gotten to talk to him yet. They're out here for three more days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'm out after Friday. So tomorrow and Friday, I will have more updates from practice. Again, for paid subscribers, rosegardenreport.com. Make sure you go sign up. And I will have updates for you every day from practice, uh, from what you know, what we see, what I hear, you know, some other stuff kind of in the works. And then next week, preseason starts. I just, again, I figured I would check in from the road and from Santa Barbara and give you guys a little bit of update about kind of where things are with training camp and my thoughts on some stuff. And we'll be back kind of with more of the normal, you know, operations of the podcast next week once I'm back in Portland and get some guests lined up. I have a few ideas of people I want to get on, some people who've been on before, some people who haven't, and you know, some stuff I want to do once I get back to Portland, but I just wanted to check in this week and give you a little bit of an update on kind of where things are at with training camp right now, and I'll be back next week.